Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sixth and Peabody are location for Hot Mike with Adam Withrow, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, coming up, who uh, some think will land the defensive coordinator job with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, who's going to win some of these lawsuits, some of these cases floating around all over the place? Glad you're with us for the second hour. Uh, and glad to have Mark Edelman on the show, legal analyst, Michael McCann. Uh, highly recommended we, we reach out to Mark for some of this discussion. Mark, thank you for the time, man. Uh, it's my pleasure. I feel now I have to live up to um, McCann's reference. Man, uh, uh, he's no pressure because uh, he says you absolutely have already done that in the past. Hey, um, I want to start with the NFL because they have this partnership now uh, with uh, ESPN. And all of a sudden, reports are they're blindsided by this partnership between Fox and uh, you've got the uh, ESPN, you have uh, Time Warner. They're looking for, they're scouring the, 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 the contracts for the, the broadcasting rights between the NFL and these, and these companies, looking for what could possibly be loopholes for streaming in the future. What do you make of this? And I don't get the sense that these contracts would be vague. Wouldn't they be specific? Well, I haven't read the contracts right, at this right. point. Um, in a way, this is the pot calling the kettle black. Um, if you look at the NFL, the NFL is a collection of 32 separate businesses. And what they've chose to do for selling television rights is they've come together and they've decided that they're going to sell their, ent- their entire package of rights collectively, uh, trying to pit the various different broadcast stations up against one another. Now, they're allowed to do that in the television syndicated broadcast space because they have an antitrust exemption. There is nothing that explicitly allows them to do that. Uh, when you go over the top. Now, while they've brought their rights together, the sense I get is they don't like the fact that uh, three big potential purchasers of these rights are trying to come together. Uh, And they don't like the fact that it'll harm their bargaining power if instead of being able to try to sell the rights to one of several different parties or having a part ownership stake in it, there might only be one source of them to sell the rights to. Uh, so my gut is they're trying to look at a way of getting out of whatever contract they're under, uh, either to try to start doing the streaming themselves uh, or to try to become a partner in this streaming deal, uh, as opposed to a group of 32 businesses that only have one source of who they could sell the rights to. So the states of Tennessee and Virginia are suing the NCAA uh, over antitrust, Sherman antitrust violations in regards to their regulation uh, of name image likeness. Uh, we saw the um, TRO that was denied. Now we've got another phase of this court battle. We also had the judge say that if this continues on, you're likely to win the antitrust suit, right? Where do you fall on this, Mark? And, and, and what do you think eventually happens with these states suing the NCAA? And what would the resolution look like? Ultimately, uh, and when I say ultimately, it could be several years down the road, Uh, I'm very bullish on Tennessee and Virginia winning. 
the NCAA is a collection of 1,200 separate parties that have come together uh, that are trying to both fix college athlete compensation and only to allow athletes to bid with one particular party. Uh, in essence, what they're doing seems to go against two very famous Supreme Court cases. It goes exactly against what the U.S. Supreme Court said in Alston v. NCAA they can't do, which is fix athlete salaries at zero or some level. It also goes against what a famous 1978 case, Professional Engineer, Na National Society of Professional Engineers versus United States, uh, also said cannot be done, uh, which is concerted bidding. So each player can only bid with one team uh, for particular rights. So in the long run, I'm incredibly bullish on this case. Now, as a matter of law, you have the full case. A step back from that, you have the preliminary injunction. A step back from that, you have the temporary restraining order. Now, to get a temporary restraining order, it doesn't just mean that you're likely to prevail on the case. The burden is on the plaintiff, which here is Tennessee and Virginia, to show incredibly strong likelihood of success on the merits and the burdens of harm in terms of not lifting the restraint uh, being incredibly high. Uh, so it's not surprising that the judge said this is a strong case, uh, but it's too soon for us to overturn it, uh, putting the burden on Virginia and Tennessee to show more and giving the NCAA at least a period of time to defend themselves. But ultimately, uh, I think we see all of the restraints on college athlete compensation coming down and we'll see one of two things happen in the long run. So one, you're, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, one, the NCAA gets broken up into different entities that compete with each other. Uh, two, I think we get some form of collective bargaining, because if you have collective bargaining, then an antitrust exemption would extend itself to the NCAA. So you're an attorney. If you're the attorney for the NCAA, and let's say the NCAA wins this round, and uh, you know nothing happens here in terms of the injunction or, or whatever else is happening, how would you advise them moving moving forward? Would it be to take a step back and not try to say, hey, Nico Iamaleava at Tennessee, you're suspended, you're ineligible, because that might spark a separate lawsuit from the university and from him saying, now you're causing me irreparable harm over this? Or would it be to continue doing business as usual if you're the NCAA? How would you advise them if they won this round? Business as usual does not work for the NCAA. They're a cartel, and they're a cartel that's falling. They keep on picking on their own members, and then they get sued by their own members. Uh, the NCAA needs to think about what they consider to be their absolutely most important rules, and those rules that they think they're most likely to be able to be upheld in court. Keep that small sliver. Let everything else go. And the time has also come to think very seriously about and trying to enter into collective bargaining negotiations with the athletes. Uh, if the NCAA member schools had to bargain with the athletes, they still probably have the upper hand. They're better off with that than continuing to go through these antitrust cases, which is going to be loss after loss after loss. I want to get into the CBA in just a moment, the potential. But first, with the NCAA, with, why do it now? Why fight it right now with what a, a, a loss in this would be from the just the 30,000-foot view of the common fan walking, just the perception of what it means. Why fight it to this point if we know what judges have said in the past all the way through the Supreme Court? Because the NCAA continuously makes bad decisions. Okay. I mean that seriously. We have some of the smartest people in the world, at least in terms of book intelligence, who are presidents of the university, 
and they are so willing to believe their own hype over what past court opinions say. This is predictable. I've been saying since 2013 that the NCAA system was coming down. And as recently as the Alston case, you had presidents of universities that believed they were going to win. They didn't just lose. They lost 9-0 in what was a very predictable decision. Mark Edelman with us, legal analyst. From the collective bargaining agreement and, and what could be the, the, a player's union, right now, who's speaking on behalf of the player, period? Even those that are, you've got different groups, you have uh, the collectives. Who is speaking for the player behind the scenes or publicly? And who would, what would need to happen to step up and, and actually form a player union that could then bargain against the NCAA or whatever entity they would be negotiating with? It's a wonderful question. Uh, in terms of who's speaking for the player, uh, it's a problem. Uh, because we have a lot of different groups that are running around uh, that want that role. Some who may have the best interest in the players at heart, uh, some who are just looking for a bit of attention right now uh, to the detriment of the players. Uh, we've already seen a recent step towards unionization. There was a big step last week. Uh, the Dartmouth men's basketball team uh, filed to be recognized as a class of employees that are able to unionize with the National Labor Relations Board. And last week, Region 1 of the NLRB, which is a small subsegment of the National Labor Relations Board, found that the Dartmouth basketball players operated for the benefit of their school and under their control, which, in, which meant that they were designated as employees and there's a vote that's supposed to be held on March 5th for unionization. Uh, one that I presume that Dartmouth, with the very strong support of the NCAA, uh, will oppose. Uh, and last time that athletes tried to unionize, it was at Northwestern University, where the football players were recognized by a different region, Region 13, and then the full NLRB turned it down. So we already have the steps. Would uh, as, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, as far as the players involved, yes. Uh, one, I mean, we are having a lot of different unions come into play. Uh, but one group that I would not ignore uh, is the is Rigomi Yuma. Uh, had led the group that initially had tried to unionize the Northwestern football players. And he currently has a case which he has National Labor Relations Board looking at with respect to unfair labor practices and the employee status of USC football players. Uh, I don't think we've heard the last from the Rogomi Yuma group. Uh, he's a former college athlete. Uh, he's been in this space for over 20 years. He's respected. He's not the only person who could do this. Uh, but I do think that's a name that we'll continue to hear moving forward. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing out just ideas as you're speaking on this. Would it, would it be smart for the NFLPA to try to do something for future players, like looking out on behalf of players that are coming into the league? I'm just thinking from a, a group that would have some power and sway and actually know how to get something going. Uh, Larry Howell is just elected as the fourth mm -hmm. president of the NFLPA. Um, I don't know much about him. But I know the players don't typically think about future players whenever they're doing anything. I mean, that's a really interesting question. On one hand, they have experience, and they have experience when it comes to sports collective bargaining. So that's a factor right. that would be favorable. Uh, on the other hand, um, there might be some differences in interest. Uh, for example, the NFL Players Association has collectively bargained a rule 
that requires you to be three years removed from high school before you can enter the league. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a rule that NFL players are going to like, because once you're on the inside, you're more likely to have job protection if some college freshman or sophomore can't come out. Uh, I don't know if that rule is one that would be advantageous or one that would be supported by young athletes uh, that are stuck in the NCAA system. Um, plenty of uh, lawsuits thrown out there and, and, and when it comes to just antitrust. The NHL is facing something like this. What are the details behind the Junior League and what's the argument against the National Hockey League? Uh, this is a kind of complex case involving uh, the purported concert, concerted conduct. Now, mind you, this was a plaintiff's class action lawsuit that was just filed. And the only facts we have are the facts that the plaintiff alleged. So uh, I'm not speaking for factual accuracy, but the plaintiffs are saying that several minor league, uh, minor leagues of hockey, each of which can, can continue to have multiple teams that are a part of it, these leagues have gotten together with the NHL. Uh, they've reached agreements where the minor leagues have divided the national market share so the leagues don't compete against one another. And they have put in place an arrangement uh, in which these athletes are not able to go into the European leagues to compete. Uh, and somehow, purportedly, the NHL is a beneficiary. Now, the plaintiff's lawyers have claimed in their complaint that not only is this anti-competitive on the economic merits, uh, but they are asking the court to find it's per se illegal, which means unlike any of the other antitrust cases we've talked about involving the NCAA, where we've gotten into the economics, the plaintiffs are saying we don't even need to look at the economics. This is just on its face illegal. Now, I don't think a court will go that far. I think we'll probably end up getting into the economics. Uh, but the question is, is the NHL in collusion with other sports leagues engaged in practices that deflate the salaries and free movement of the young hockey players in our country and beyond? So it's a colluding uh, with. So these are the leagues where you get sent back down, and you're uh, like the the different uh, the Ontario League. You got Quebec, uh, the WHL. Um, in essence, they're capping themselves on purpose. Uh, that's what's being said. That's and the what's being alleged. And, and the allegation here is. So when we talk about the NCAA antitrust cases, yes, the alleged colluding parties, because to violate Section 1 of the Sherman Act, it involves collusion amongst companies you expect to be competitors. Uh, so in the NCAA case, uh, the alleged collusion is between each of the individual members in the NCAA. And typically, in more, a more common antitrust cases involving sport, it's of each of the individual teams in the league that purportedly colluded. Uh, but this one is interesting because the allegation is not within a league, such as within the NHL with its respective teams. The allegation is several different leagues in their entirety are colluding with one another. MarkEdelman.com is where you can go to learn more about Mark. Law professor, attorney, and sports business expert. Of those three, which is your favorite? Uh, definitely, definitely the Tennessee case versus NCAA. Well, it, it, if it... What does it mean for the NCAA moving forward for the other states? If you're Florida, for instance, they're, they're going after the Gators. Does that mean the state of Florida is going to do something on their behalf? Is this a ripple effect? Uh, I do believe it's a ripple okay. effect. You know, you go as far back to 1984 uh, when the NCAA tried to ban the University of Georgia and the University of Oklahoma. The NCAA got sued and lost. And every time the NCAA tries to ban a school of substantial size with substantial resources, 
the following result will be antitrust challenges. Fascinating. Mark, uh, thank you for the time, man. This was excellent uh, perspective. We're smarter now. Well, maybe not, but we, we think we know more. Uh, we can't describe it the way you can, though, with your expertise uh, as, as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. There's Mark Edelman. Uh, great recommendation from Michael McCann. Terrific. Then did a good job. Maybe Florida uh, jumps in the mix, too. Still don't know what Virginia's well, doing. <laughs> no one's got to jump in the mix because if they win, Tennessee well, Virginia wins, they're shut down. But I don't on know. NIL. What, but I don't know what Virginia's doing then if the, no one had to jump in, you know? Well, I'm saying if Virginia and Tennessee win, right. it's a Sherman antitrust violation, so they can no longer regulate NIL. So Florida's off the hook, Florida State, everyone else, everyone else across the country. But it's based on the rule that, that the Tennessee and Virginia could put play, them out of business when it comes play to NIL. Goes against the policy. Well, what it's going to say is you can't make someone only sign a scholarship, then talk NIL. They can test their open market in NIL. Yeah, if you come here, you're getting this. Right. Um, and it also makes Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti the presidents, the co-presidents of the NCAA. In fact, that's going to happen they're regardless. Gonna rule. Yep. They will rule. Uh, coming up, we, uh, we have uh, NCAA football we must discuss. And, well, there's six teams at the bottom of the NFL according to many that are the, well, they're the shrimp and the, uh, the bottom feeders, you know? And Dana White, the UFC is now in some way partnership with the WWE. They work for in the same company, Endeavor. UFC, Dana can't have results go in his way every single time to set up the next super fight like WWE can. But I feel like this was a WWE moment with Howie Mandel. That's an excellent hot mic. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I feel like we're on the Oregon Trail in here with Chad. Oh uh, my gosh. With, I feel like Val Kilmer in uh, Tombstone over here. Yeah. Uh, tuberculosis. Lunger. I'm a lunger. Yeah. That, and uh, Chad's going through the, the cough. I. I certainly well, lose. Probably I, COVID. Let's be I, honest. Yeah, I mean, no one cares about <laughs> Don't that. Don't worry, I'm not going to get tested. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, hot Mike, honey, with her. I'm Chad. not trying to miss a week and a half. Or <laughs> yes. Uh, the, Chad. That's uh, why. That's why you get tested. Are it's you? Like, oh, I'm out. Sorry, have you noticed guys. this? See like, you if I'm if allergies crush me, I'll lose my voice probably once a year. Um, my allergies are getting better with those those drops I've been doing. You've been doing that for a while too. Yeah, it's been about two years now. I'm about a year and a half, two years. How long do you have to do that? It's five years. Ninety years. <laughs> Like a, it's like a lease on the property. We're I'll sitting be seventy-five on. when they'll um, finally work. It'll be amazing. Is, are you like my you, golden years? If are you be great. Uh, if you need to sneeze or whatever, it normally happens during the segment, and you can't do it during the commercial oh, it's, break. It's awful. We uh, recorded a podcast uh, with Will Kane that'll be out tomorrow before the show. No problems for like for, the forty-five minutes we were on. Yeah, no, no issues. In the moment we went live, I cannot Maybe it's stop the studio. coughing. I think the studio maybe has something to do with a little bit, but yeah. it's just this time of day. You think anyone cleans the studio? Like, my cold cycles are very familiar. Getting a lot no, of, no, a lot I, of uh, head I shaking in here. I don't. Um, my cold cycles are very familiar. Like, I, it's 
worse at night, and then I wake up yes. in the morning and it's bad, yes. but then I get going and I'm fine for the first five, six hours of the day. Then late in the afternoon, it starts to devolve again, like right now, and then I get home and it gets a little bit better, and then about time for bed, I get worse again. But I'm usually like a 48-hour cold person, so I'm hoping I'll be totally fine by tomorrow. Knock it out. That's, I'm, I'm being, I'm knocking on wood. Good job. This rich mahogany of this desk in front this of us. This is real wood. This is real wood. The strong wood is what we have right here yep. in front of us. Rock hard. Below us. Very strong. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm be, trying to be optimistic, but usually 48 hours, I'm, I'm good to go. Just so hopefully very by tomorrow, positive. Be very positive today. Yeah. My mother's been sick for like two months with the same thing, so hopefully I don't have her fate. She now has severe bronchitis. Wow. So, it's not and, good. well, she's coughing constantly the way I have been during the show and during the breaks. Yeah. But it, it, it was not, it was something that developed into severe bronchitis. Went to the doctor, though, and the doctor said, these things can last three to five months. We are also, and I'm like, man, that's, that's encouraging. We normally Thanks. also get sick right after Radio Row visits. Yeah. The media, not the healthiest group. No, well, I mean, it's just, I think anytime you put everyone in a sardine can, on top of each other, yeah. indoors for that long and long hours inside. Yeah. Couple that with not a lot of sleep a lot of times. Everyone, then you're you're going to get sick. Everyone willing to kill each other I, over I free did food. Not, uh, uh, thankfully, I did not get sick from – a couple members of our crew got sick from Radio Row. This is not a Radio Row. This is me getting home and both of my daughters having the same exact cold when I got home Saturday night. Theirs was worse That's on it. Sunday and Monday. Mine happened on what, Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. So, and it's the same exact symptom. Starts in the throat, goes up to the head, goes down to the chest. I'm in the chest zone now. And it's really complete. Through the body. Full Doc Holiday. As I fight back a sneeze right now. So, help. No what days are, off, though, on this show. Uh, that's right. No days that's off. Right. We, we, we power through. I don't want to have to really – I, I kind of believe that this is a setup, but this is a – an act by Dana White. I don't know. As we watch this, I'm going to watch it again and try to figure out why he benefits from this when he's going into what is a massive, massive time for UFC where they've got title fights galore. They have a UFC 300 coming up in April. They've going to, they're going to announce the title fight there. Everyone wants to hear from him anyway. I don't think he has to drum up some manufactured headline. I also don't think he would just randomly walk out on Howie Mandel. This is bizarre. Watch. Not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. <laughs> the way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. He's getting up and walking out. Be a happy punch. Amazing. Uh, having watched this again, I think I know. I really thought I was going to have a chance to sneeze. By the way, during that video, can we? My guys are like, can look at them, torch look me at here, keep me on well, camera. What's the whole going time. on here? I mean, there's no talking. Like, wouldn't you respond like Dana? What's up? Are you leaving? You would do that in the moment. You would just have silence, right? They're just watching well, him walk out. No, but here's why I think he did. I don't think this was. I think this was real after watching it again, uh, for two reasons. Number one, he's he's walked in, sit down, put the headset on, and he's having. Uh, can we play the uh, just the the accolades that he's saying again? Can we do that? Um, what 
I want this clip just for random parts of the show, Chad. Just the, yeah. I love you. You know, I'm jealous. You're a businessman, a scholar. Listen to Howie Mandel here. Not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way I mean, you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and now. media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. And, okay, there we uh, go. Dana, I... So that's number one. Number two is there's a cat on the screen. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible podcast. There's a, you see, what are we doing? You know? I think Howie Mandel, knowing a little bit about Howie Mandel, is like the antithesis of Dana White. Right? He's got a kitty cat backdrop for his podcast to start. He's a huge germaphobe. Like yes. one of the biggest. Right? He won't shake your hand. Yeah, he's... He's not a Dana White type of guy to begin with. Okay, let's just let's put well, it that way. So when Dana White goes on his show, I'm sure he's smart enough to know this about Howie Mandel. And when you start that way, yeah. it's so over the top, it's condescending. So I detected a bit of condescension in the way Howie Mandel was delivering that whole monologue. I think he was being the genuine. way you conduct business, your friends. I just don't know if he knows the business. You know this and that. I I I, I don't I don't think so. I think the whole thing about your friends and you—that's uh, a Trump thing. I know Howie Mandel's very anti-Trump. Okay, um, I'm telling you, I think that he detected some like over-the-top. You're I mean, so great, you're so great, but there's some condescension there. There's a kitty cat behind him. There's some dude with a beard, a, a red beard next to him. There's some woman who I have no idea what her role is in the podcast over here. And Dana White, I think it's real. He just said, "This is stupid. I I'm tired of podcasts. I'm out yeah. of here." So. I mean, there's Thank a God, lot. by the way, that did not happen with Charlie on Radio Row when we saw her interview. Dana would, White. Yeah, yeah. I immediately thought, I'm like, what if it would have happened then? But, I mean, you have a cat wearing a cowboy hat. You know? Was, I didn't even see the cowboy hat. I just saw the cat. Um, and, I mean, so there's a lot of people that believe this is a work. Like, like it's a bit. Um, is Howie Mandel funny? I, I don't know a thing I mean, that he's done other than on America's Got Talent I mean, as, I, a, as a host. I, I, don't, I don't know why we see him so often. But we see him often. And you see him and you know his name. Like, yeah, I mean, I know who he it, is. But I think, see, that, Dana White wouldn't go on the podcast to begin with. He would know not to do it if he didn't want to do it. And then that's why I think many think it's a bit. I don't want to believe it is because, again, he does, you don't need the bit to get some attention. He's well, got the attention it, based on what they're doing at I, USC. I, I, I think it was real. I don't think it was a bit. I think he was being condescending. I think Dana White picked up on it. I don't think they like each other to begin with, probably because of background and other things. I also think that Howie Mandel, when you are a comic, a stand-up comic, and you're mo known more for being a germaphobe than being funny, that's yeah. an immediate strike against you. And I think Dana yeah. White probably feels the guy's not very funny. That was a His, terrible wind-up to a podcast. I, I love the intro, though. For, it goes for anything we want to joke about now for accolades. Instead yeah. of just saying, The way that, you thank handle you. your friends, your yeah. business, your inspiration. I'm so jealous, inspiration. your inspiration. Yeah. I think he just detected a little bit of uh, he was being patronizing to him. Chad, the and name of his like podcast it. is Howie Mandel Does Stuff. How about that? Yeah. Just profusely praising him. Nice kitty cat in the background, Howie. Not only amazing businessman, you're an inspiration, a philosopher. A philosopher. I kind of lump. And Dana I, White, the philosopher. I've been a big Howard Stern fan. I kind of lump Howie Mandel and Howard Stern together because they're both huge germaphobes, too. So they're kind of, and they were on America's Got Talent at the same time, right? Together. Like I kind of confused the two of them. But Howard Stern is way more successful 
of course, and, and yeah. popular. But I'm saying, I, I for whatever reason, Howie Mandel, Howard Stern, uh, they both are afraid to walk outside. Uh, they're kind of and, the same person. And too. then they—they're they're morphing into the same person. I mean, I haven't listened. To, I've only seen this. Don't don't get me wrong. But I'm reading stories where they just continue to do the podcast normally afterwards. Um, philosopher. Should I, have I you listen ever, to this podcast have for you research? Ever described anyone as a philosopher? No, I'm telling you, I think he's he was like in his own way making fun of him. The way you do business, philosopher, inspiration. I mean, and Dana White wasn't having it. I think he was I trying mean, to make fun of him. But and he wasn't having yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, if I sit down to a podcast and someone says, "Man, you're you're a philosopher," what? Yeah. All right, peace. I'm out. Well, that's my last podcast, and then he stands up and leaves. Yeah, I mean, he still does podcasts. He'll do a podcast. No voice. If, when Joe Rogan calls, he'll answer the call. That's what's um, going to happen next. Or Charlie. Or Charlie. Yeah. He'll answer Charlie's call. Um, yeah, he's yet to announce the main event. He wasn't going to do it with Ali Mandel, apparently, and won't on a podcast anytime no, soon. Nor should he. Nor should he. Chad, who would, you, who would you guess are the six worst, the bottom feeders of the NFL? Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers. Tennessee Titans. And uh, is this like for this year? Can we just go in draft order of who the six worst were? This is what's yeah, the, projected. Uh, six NFL teams with the worst outlook, according to uh, Bleacher Report. I, here's what I think about Bleacher Report. I'm glad that we got into this. Okay. Uh, this is stupid. Th- this is stupid. If you do anything pre-draft, it's dumb to look at that. Like, show me draft, show me free agency. I don't give a damn about the Bleacher Report outlook for next year. We can flash it all we want. Let's go ahead and show it. Let's go ahead and show what Bleacher Report thinks pre-draft, pre-free agency about what's to come in the NFL. And, and I'll tell you how much I don't care about it because we really don't know about these teams. But we, we, it's, so we're not going to show it. But it's it. obvious. <laughs> it's obvious. That, well, that was the wrong graphic. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this is, the, uh, this is easy, right? The, the teams. Well, I can tell you who sucked this last year. But, that's what but it if is. we did this a year ago, before they drafted C.J. Stroud yes. and Will Anderson, I would have said the Texans were the second or third worst, maybe the worst team in the league. This is my point about this. They went to the playoffs this year. Well, the other- I don't know until I see the draft and see free agency, and then we can start to make projections about outlook for those teams. The other thing, too, just moving forward, there's some teams that uh, are going to be in really uh, bad shape based on how they've loaded up recently. Uh, Denver comes to mind. Um, Miami is going to be struggling soon with all the contracts that are going to come up and they're going to have to make moves. But those don't come to mind for the worst teams going into the draft. Look at the top six picks. It's pretty much who we're looking at here. Well, again, we'll get back to this after the draft and when we see some free agency. We're not going to know anything uh, until then. I, I, look, if I'm looking at worst outlook, it's the, the guy who just got the six-year contract to try to turn things around. Carolina's got the worst Canales roster. And owner. Yeah, and the worst owner. And I'm a big Bryce Young guy coming out of college, but as of right now, the worst quarterback in that, in that draft class. Now, it could all be because of mismanagement and roster around him and Frank Reich being terrible, which yeah. could be the case, but I, he you, was bad in year one. I am stunned he did not get hurt with his size. But all that discussion, and yeah. he's tiny behind the offensive line, that photo we that, saw. That is the good news for him is that he went through an entire season with that offensive line and didn't get injured. Chad, the MLB has essentially apologized to the city of Atlanta and uh, the Atlanta Braves for, well, taking the All-Star game out of the city based on uh, the voting uh, law that's uh, in place. And, uh, well, 
there's one writer at The Athletic who just doesn't want to call them Braves. Only Atlanta, when referring to the Atlanta Braves, and the 30-team the outlook for the Major League Baseball season. Um, it's a good read. I mean, he's got details in this. He just refers to Atlanta as Atlanta, not the Braves. Um, this is... This feels like what sports writers did with the Washington Redskins prior to this big push to go ahead and try to get rid of the, the name. The difference is this is one writer doing this and not a collective group, which that did happen in the NFL. You know, maybe he's going to start the trend of, uh, of what's going to happen. Now. It's Keith Law, right? Yeah, Keith Law yeah. who writes about farm well, systems, prospects in Major League I, Baseball. I feel like Major League Baseball tried to start the trend with against Atlanta specifically, and now they're going back. Yeah, yeah, and that was all about the voters' rights, you know, bill or whatever that was passed or, you know, limiting yeah. voting opportunities or whatever everybody thought was going on that really wasn't going on. I mean, Colin should cue the hallelujah music right now because this guy has solved racism. Congratulations, Keith Law. Thank the you. Years and years of oppression and racism and people being divided in this country has been solved yeah. by this one move by you to not write in your column in The Athletic about the Baltimore Orioles farm system that you will not mention the name Atlanta Braves. Bravo, sir. That Atlanta. is one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I'm not talking about the moon landing. I'm talking about Keith Law solving racism. Well done, sir. Good job. This is so stupid. Did he There's do this? Not, I don't know a single person who has an issue with the Braves name. Chad, I don't either, but we just saw the Cleveland Indians change their name. Again, so stupid. I know. But it, it's, it, it's writers that stir this up thinking they're, they are affecting change, and then things actually change for no reason. Well, okay, look, if you are – Keith Indians? Law has the right – I'm not trying to cancel Keith Law. Okay, We're anti-cancel at yeah. all times here on this show. Keith, write what you want. Write what you want, but also, Keith, I'm a subscriber to The Athletic. All right? The Athletic bills itself as sports for the sports fan. I am an Atlanta Braves fan. Sorry to insult you by using their full name. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. Give me the damn prospect reports, the Atlanta Braves. You are a prospect writer for Major League Baseball. Give me that. If this cause is so important to you, go to Washington, D.C. and lobby against this or write about politics or whatever. I don't want this well, in the athletic. Well, he's doing it just based on his own belief that he's not, he shouldn't use it. He's just using the word Atlanta. Like This isn't like a column against it, is it? No, it's not. He but just he's didn't saying, write the I'm, word Braves. I'm, I'm not going to write it because he thinks it's racist. But in reading the piece, it's not like the uh, – that was not his mission here. I mean, his preview or whatever. But, I mean, it's But by it's doing whatever. it, you've made it a thing where a thing doesn't need to exist. The thing that needs to exist is your column about the Braves farm system. That, that's, what, that's why I go to read you or about any other farm system, not but, this. Well, I'd also say, like, if I'm reading a preview of whatever – and it's, uh, he just uses the word Atlanta. I would say mentioning that he's omitting the word Braves is bringing attention to it. Yeah. He's, we're, we're actually helping him in what he's trying to create. You see what I'm saying? Well, we're, we're saying Braves. So he's no, trying we not are, to create but we're, that. we're mentioning his, his reasons for not. Which, again, I think it's, I do whatever, but I also... I also don't want to see what just happened to Cleveland and Washington. No. And it happened. Chiefs. And it happened. Braves holding on for dear life. Hopefully those, those two will not go the way of the Indians 
sports and the Redskins. And, and it's not against that. It's not against uh, the Native Americans. Nope. It's not to uh, make fun. It's not to do something in regards to race. No, it is not. Chet, um, NCAA football. Got a preview video? We do. Finally? Yeah. We've got that next. And I can't wait uh, for uh, to dominate. I, to I, dominate. I probably won't even play this game. Oh. But seeing this, what we're oh. going to show you next, got me so nostalgic about a time and place where I did play this game a lot. That's where I am. That it makes me want to run out and buy, I don't even know what the latest PlayStation is, but buy the, the latest PlayStation 5 yeah. and play this game. That's how good it is. It's so good that they'll release the 6. That's Coming right. up soon, this Christmas. Uh, next on Not Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hot Mike with Eddie Withrow. Been a fast show today. We've got some controversy in the studio right now. So we've been joking about me being Val Kilmer and uh, Doc Holliday. Oregon Trail. With my cough Are you going to uh, ditch the oxen and float the river? Yeah, I have dysentery on top of whatever tuberculosis I have right now. Cholera. Yeah, I've got like four things at once right now. But we've been joking about that with my cough. And and we were going through lines of, of Val Kilmer. As Doc Holliday. And I said, I'm your Huckleberry is the most famous line. Now, Davey claims it is what, Davey, that he's saying? It's supposed to be, I'm your Huckleberry. Well, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but what he says is, I'm your Huckleberry. And Val Kilmer has a memoir titled, I'm your Huckleberry, a memoir that I can buy right now on Google Books. I, I have heard that it's, it's not the word, I don't know. Davey, pick up on this, because I have heard that's not the actual word that should have been used, but I don't know why. I have never, ever heard this. First off, so, I never heard what, like, I'm your Huckleberry. That just comes from the movie. I don't know the meaning. When I was a kid and watched it, I didn't understand. <laughs> I knew yeah, what he yeah, was yeah. saying, but I didn't understand the, the phrase the, or what he was saying. The, but, fr- the phrase bear essentially means, like, I will carry you to your grave. Because the way in which the coffins were made at the time, uh, like, you would carry, the, the like, it's the huckle. I believe I'm getting that okay. part right, and so your bearer. But is the is the is the controversy or whatever? What is this that, from? Is that, this from Screen Rant you sent me? Okay. Is this actually that he said the word bearer and not Barry in the movie? People claiming so that. So this is from. I, I'm, I'm saying they got it wrong. This is from Screen Rant. Okay? They got it wrong, and then you guys can debate. I, I don't. I I completely disagree with Davey on this. This is from Screen Rant in the 1800s, where Tombstone is set. Quote, I'm your huckleberry, Barry, is a huh? common saying. It means I'm the one you want, or I'm the man for the job, which is what Doc wants to convey to Johnny when he tells him the line twice in the movie. He was up to the task of dueling with Johnny. This is one of the few lines of dialogue in Tombstone that were taken directly from the horse's mouth. Holiday, Doc Holiday, is on record as having used this phrase many times. 
So including it in the screenplay reflected his own speech patterns. So this is taken directly from Doc Holliday, where he said, I'm your Huckleberry. Some of them heard Huckleberry as Huckleberry. Since Huckle was a term used for the handles on caskets in the 1800s, some viewers have misunderstood the phrase to mean that Doc will be Johnny's pallbearer after he dies. This misinterpretation was so widespread that Val Kilmer corrected it in his autobiography. Kilmer wrote, quote, I do not say I'm your Huckleberry. I say I'm your Huckleberry, connotating I'm your man. You've met your match. It's also possible to misinterpret this line as a reference to Tom Sawyer's trusty sidekick, Huckleberry Finn. That directly from Doc Holliday and Val Kilmer. Can I try mm. to play it here, the audio? Oh, do we have it? I've got it here on my laptop. Yeah, let's do it. I can try it. Well, we know what he or says. We he just said it. what he said. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't even hear bearer at all, is what I'm saying. No, he says, I'm your Huckleberry. But, but the, you're right. There are people that are saying this. I, I, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah, he says, I'm your Huckleberry. Barry. Davey was so confident in what he said that was completely wrong, well, by the way, that he convinced me. Like this week, remember Mark Howard, one of our good friends, yes. could be so wrong about something, yet so confident that they would convince me they were right, even when I know they were wrong. But Davey was that's like, a no, great that's skill wrong. To have. It's, you know, it's Huckle Bear. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that's one of the most fam- famous lines in cinema history. And you're telling me it's not what I've heard a thousand times? I still think maybe there's fact, more of a southern accent added on it. And it's like Huckle Bear. That's well, what, that's what one, one guy's trying to say. Do you say. also choose to believe that, uh, that Taylor Swift is in the deep state? Because now we're getting into just what I mean, I haven't completely dismissed the, the theory. Yeah, there's so. truth, and then there's what you got in your brain going on. The truth is, he said Huckleberry. Mm. And Maybe it's the Mandela effect. I, I guess. It's like the, the Kazam or whatever movie that I still thought was real that was never made. That never happened. Never happened with Shaquille O'Neal or whatever. Well, he was never a genie. Or the one with Sinbad. It's the one with Sinbad Sinbad. that didn't happen. That's the Mandela effect. That's right, right, Sinbad. Yeah, that's right. You're at Sinbad. Shazam happened. That's recent, right? There was was one with Shaq. There's one. It's either Shaq or Sinbad. People so misinterpret it that they believe a movie happened with Sinbad, and it didn't, I think is what it is. So Shaq is Kazam. This is Shazam. You're correct. So it never... It was never made, right? Yeah. They're, one of the two was made. The he, other one was not. Sinbad almost made it, according to uh, Sinbad. Have you guys ever heard the Chris Farley audio of where he was Shrek? Because Chris Farley was supposed to be Shrek, but Michael Myers ended up having to finish it because I think they had three days left to complete the voice work, and that was when Farley died. Yeah. And Farley's brother actually could have, he had a good enough Chris Farley impersonation, he could have finished the movie how Chris was doing it, but he was too tore up at the time. So they ended up recasting and using Michael Myers' voice, which we now know Shrek as the Irish accented ogre. Now, what Davey said there is correct. What? I, I, can, I can verify that one. Why? What earlier was totally off. That, that's right. I stand Why by what we, I said earlier. But I, I was one of them that thought Shazam was a movie. David, you can't stand by what you said earlier. It's it's incorrect. Yeah, the, we heard. We, it we stand from on facts on this show. We can't stand on something that's completely wrong that both Doc Holliday yeah. and Val Kilmer have said is is wrong. Let's listen. We're only quoting one source. Let's on that. listen to Val Kilmer in Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. He says, "I'm your Huckleberry." I don't hear the why there. Can you crank it up a little bit? Um, well, you can. I know what Davey's saying with the uh in the end, like the Huckleberry. 
but Barra, but he's but Val Kilmer's even saying that it's right. He's even saying it's Barry. I mean, he's We're, saying yes. He says right. the name of his that's memoir I'm saying. is "I'm Your Huckleberry." The screen rant and that, another historical site I'm on right I'm now. Davies talks about it being a common phrase. He's of still I'm not Barry. Well, no, 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 no. Like he's he's saying. If you were just using the proper pronunciation, it would have a Y. All right? Right, right. But he doesn't do that because he's got an accent while he's saying it. Sure. But he's with the I accent. I hear very clearly he says, I'm your Huckleberry. What are, what, are, what are we not hearing in this? Play it one more time. Please. It, hang on. It's like uh, what he's saying is if I say the word thinking, but I speak like I'm from McMinnville and say thinking, uh, I don't use the I know, G. I know what he's saying, but, but here, you can hear Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. It's Barry. Yeah. Look at Davey. Agree to disagree. Davey, we've got Why? historical references. We've got Doc Holliday himself. We've got Val Kilmer. I mean, it's coming through my... Saying my, it's I'm your Huckleberry. Like, what else would you like to hear or know to I, know I that will it's concede I'm your Huckleberry? that he is saying Huckleberry okay. is what he's wanting. That's okay. not what's coming through when he says it. I'm your Huckleberry. You hear bearer. Yes. I have this is never, like the, this I've is never like even the heard dress. this theory. This is like the dress of what color you see. But also, like, it's, bloom, black, it's in white print. Gold. It's written. There's a script. He yeah. says, I'm your Huckleberry. I, I, Davey doesn't disagree with that. I'm your Huckleberry. He's yeah. saying, but he's saying in the movie, he's saying, whatever. He's saying, hey, I'm your Huckleberry. By the way, that's the phrase. Oh, I hear Barry, too. I hear Barry I've also too. never heard of Huckleberry until now, which apparently also may have been a thing. According to what I've been reading, that's the first I've heard of that. You know what this is? That, to me, like if I thought it was Bearer, and like I Paul Bearer, no, like Paul Bearer, <laughs> yeah, and I heard Val Kilmer say it's Barry, I'm gonna say Barry, just like the guy who invented the GIF, yeah, but says he says it's GIF, but he says it's GIF. The dude that created it says it's GIF. That's right. So Chad and I have called it GIF. If I said my name was Chade, Hutton would call me Chade instead of Chad, but it's not. It's Chad. But I, I, if I've named, Chad if I've would named prefer that, Jade. Yeah, I'd prefer a lot of things: Chase, Charles, Chuck, Charles, many things. I mean, Chuck, yeah, many names over Chad. I'd, I'd prefer. You don't look like a Charles though. Like, there's no way you could be a Charles now. Too proper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way too proper, Charles. Uh, final thought on the whole Shazam thing. In an age of no social media, yeah. with no, like, you can't put out anything. Why would I have believed that Sinbad made this movie? I, you realize how difficult that is to create we, in your own mind that everyone else knows? I feel like we ran through all the reasons why. Like there was another movie that he was in that was out around the same time. There was yeah. a trailer for it. And people like their mind just misinterpreted it so much that they Look believed it happened. Look at Shaq. Oh, I love it. Yeah, We saw Shaq in a different state. That's at excess in DJ, Vegas. DJ Diesel. DJ Diesel getting after it. Um, this is... This gives me the feels like I had when I saw the Top Gun Maverick promo. Just seeing the visuals of it, that it's back. EA Sports with the trailer for NCAA football. Yeah. Got something special for y'all. Little update for our fans from the big house to the bayou, from Carolina to California. Yeah, it's about college football. We know you love it. Us too. The rivalries, 
Comebacks, the traditions and superstitions built by generations. There's nothing like it. Turns out, we've been building too. So let's address the big owl in the room. Yeah, we've seen the posts, the predictions, the doubts. We get it, it's been a minute. Let's just say, this ain't the only jersey we've been working on. The game this sport deserves. Cause pretty soon, this place will be full again. Until then, Cue the crowd noise. The best part is the yeah, it's really happening. In I have two end. takeaways. Number Take, one, taking that part of it, where this, it was it was doubted for so long. This is going to be the next big controversy with the players and what they're paying. <laughs> also, did you notice it's not NCAA football; it's just college football. Yeah, I did notice that. Because college football is going to go away from the NCAA at some yes, point. Yes, um, This is a game, like, I, I've not probably sat down, I don't think I've played a video game since maybe 2007. But in college, oh. we all got together at a buddy's apartment and would play on Dynasty mode on this. Yeah, And I played, with, I played with the UNLV, was my team. We all okay. picked lower-level teams. I had a tight end that I recruited my first year there by the name of Byron Torres. And you could not beat this guy on the tight end scene. And it drove my buddies crazy. I could run the same play over and over. And it was like a hack in the game. You could not stop this guy on the tight end scene. Won national titles doing that. I have a fond memory of this game. I'm unlikely to play it when it comes out. But seeing this actually made me feel something. Man, you're sticking to your... Uh your beliefs on video games if you don't play this game again. Oh, I, I would play it if it was in front of me on a, okay. on a console. Here's, I'm so, just not going to go out and buy a PlayStation 5 to play. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he says big house in, the, in this uh, preview here, in the promo. He says big house, but I knew he said house, like in this, this man that did this, by right. the way, Davey. I would also say uh, EA Sports reportedly offered an upfront payment of $5 million, which is an average of $500 per athlete for this game be for name image likeness there will be holdouts there was going to be controversy with this there will be negotiations then there's still like doubling like we saw the doubters we saw you said we won't do it and i'm thinking i mean gonna have to have uh and it's like peyton manning you had the 16 jersey playing for the university of tennessee we yeah. knew who it was and he wasn't being compensated for it then now they will be davy what console do you have What's your what's your gaming console of choice? Oh, I've not updated since the PS3, so that still has the NCAA football 2014. That's, that's oh, the one. That's the I last one. Yeah, the, the PS3. Will you be buying this one? Well, I'd have to get a PS5. So it's uh, only compatible uh, with PS5. Yeah. See, I don't. Well, I, don't, I mean, like whatever the Xbox version the, is right now would also work, but so the, I don't know. Maybe they already do this. Can you stream like? Can you get Netflix on that? Because you could play DVDs through the PS3, right? That's why uh, I had it. Well, you used to be able to play Netflix off the PS3. I know that's okay, no longer so available. Okay. I don't know if the PS5, I, I would imagine just with the, the way the smart apps work. I don't know. Yeah, they might. Know. Somebody probably knows it, yeah, but yeah, I'm, sure I'm not can. sure on that one. That's the next thing. You get this console and you get all the streaming apps. There you go. Godspeed to everyone who plays. I, I may actually pick up the controller. Pick up the sticks one more time and play. Hope you'll uh, join us studio for the Friday edition, 4 o'clock Eastern, 
right here for Hot Mike with Hunting Withrow. Outkick.com slash watch. It's simple to find, right? That's right. And, and tomorrow, keep in mind, we will be your Huckleberry. Huckleberry. And it is just, unfortunately. <laughs>